the definition of responsibility, if you unpack the word, it's the ability to respond, right? So you always have a choice. And um, I always say, first you make your decisions and then your decisions make you. Yeah. So you can live a life of default and let life happen to you, or you can live a life of design and you can you know, carve out your destiny. My name's Rudy Moore, host of Living the Red Life podcast, and I'm here to change the way you see your life in your earpiece every single week. If you're ready to start living the red life, ditch the blue pill, take the red pill, join me in Wonderland and change your life. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Living the Red Life. I have one of my oldest friends here with me today, Vince Del Monte. Uh, we both share a very similar background uh, from, you know, personal trainers, burnt out, broke, uh, trying to figure it out, hustling and make money to becoming millionaires and then going on and making lots of other millionaires through now our coaching and mentorship. So Vince, welcome. Rudy, this is a killer outfit, brother. Done <laughs> well, man. Yeah, so uh, Vince, I think let's get everyone caught up because obviously a lot of people probably know our, you know, our story, our history together. But if you don't, uh, I mean, me and Vince met uh, when I basically just moved to America. Yep. I was still in fitness. He came to Tampa, Ben Pakulski's gym. Uh, we kind of became friends there and then, um, you know, built a, built a relationship. We hosted an event in England. Then you launched the mastermind. I helped train on the ad side, the paid traffic side. And we've just been kind of growing together in similar lanes ever since, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's spot on, man. Yeah. And uh, you've always been supportive of our group and uh, you've always been ultra ambitious yeah. and uh, you just keep surprising everybody yeah yeah so it's an honor to be here man thank you thanks yeah i appreciate that so so what uh, vince tell everyone like give them the minute or two story for for yourself because i know it's very similar to me but let's catch everyone up on you yeah so grew up in a christian home and uh found a lot of my identity in uh being a pastor's son as well as being a good runner but never a great runner experienced a lot of disappointment with my running uh which is going to start to explain why I think I was attracted to entrepreneurship because there was uh it's a never ending race, if you will. And uh, that's good and bad, by the way. I started um, a career in personal training after university. I got a degree in honors uh, kinesiology and uh, started working at the gym for a whopping 10 bucks an hour. And I remember asking my boss for a raise and she said, Vince, let me talk to my boss. And the next day she came back and she said, Vince, we can give you a raise of $1 in one year from now. And that was the first day I discovered the definition of job, just over broke. And that's when I also realized it wasn't my boss's job to make me rich, but to provide me a paycheck. So that's my introduction to the personal training world. And then I got exposed to some trainers who were making money and they had figured out how to leverage their time instead of working 60, 70 hours a week, they were selling personal training packages. So I could make 10%, 15%, 20% on selling 144 sessions, which was pretty cool. And I kind of built a name for myself in the gym, selling personal training packages and earning more than the average trainer. I fell in love with the world of sales. I loved, I loved the concept of trying to sell somebody into something that was already good for them and that they wanted, but they needed convincing. Sure. And then the next stage, I, my boss introduced me to uh, individuals making money on the internet through these like 96 uh, page long form sales letters. And there were skinny guys who had gained muscle and now were marketing ebooks. Yep. <laughs> Anybody remember what, and how long ago was this? This was 2005. Yeah. Okay. And I remember one guy in particular, I heard that he was making a thousand dollars a day 
And I said, that's impossible. <laughs> like nobody can make a thousand dollars a day. And I went on a form and I found out he was selling 10 copies of his book per day. I'm like, that's impossible. Uh, sure enough, uh, this individual has, was selling air an ebook and I uh, was just mind blown. Yep. I bought myself some DVDs and uh, was fascinated with the world of internet marketing. Never heard those two terms before. And then I uh, got pitched. They called me up. Do you want to get faster results? And they offered me a $7,500 coaching program. I didn't have any money at the time. I put it on two credit cards. I asked for a guarantee. They said, there's no guarantee because we don't know what you're doing with your time, but we know what we're doing with ours. Yeah. And that was the first exposure to success is your responsibility and your duty. I like that. I went all in and um, the rest is history. My first year though online, I made a whopping $10,000. And uh, second year, I made $101,000. And then from there, it just went up. After my second year, I quit my job. I burned the boats and uh, went on to build quite a few online fitness businesses for skinny guys. And how long did it take to hit the first million? Four years. Four years. And then- Last year, you you know, you're around the 10 million now, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of like that evolution. So yeah, for me. Yep. Uh, just 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 under 10 last year. And um, last year was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Um, we're trying to come to the United States like mm -hmm. you do. You know that process. And there's just been constant unanswered questions, difficulties, challenges. We, in fact, actually closed on a house in Franklin, Tennessee two weeks ago, and I still don't have a visa. Yes, yeah, crazy. So we're doing, we already got our kids enrolled into a school. We still don't have a visa. So right now we're operating in a big, massive open loop and just under uh, God's timing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, what's crazy, so many similarities. So like I started, my parents were triathletes, as you know, selling an endurance you did. Then we became personal trainers. We were cleaning gym equipment and trying to sell programs. Yeah. And then we figured out the internet. So like, wow, you can make all this money selling eBooks. Whereas like I'm getting up at 6 a.m. training a client and then finishing my last client at 11 p.m. Yeah. Right. And then, um, you know, we both moved, wanted to move to the U.S. and you're in the process. And the ironic part is you wrote a recommendation letter for my visa, right? Six years ago. And then I wrote one for you. I need to use your immigration lawyer suit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wrote one for you recently. Um, and then obviously we've both built these big coaching programs. So just if you guys listen, don't know now, you have hundreds of members, mainly fitness pros, personal trainers. You help them go online, figure out how to go online. And just like me, you built a multi-million dollar fitness business and then you went into the marketing business side. Like my mastermind, you're a little more, I guess, on the organic, I would say, and I'm more on the paid ad side. Yeah. Like that's a bit of a divide there. And obviously we have a lot of crossover too. So what are the, I think what would be awesome for people to dive really into is like, there was a moment, you know, the whole podcast here is called Living the Red Life. And the point there is that, you know, taking the red pill and living, building your dream life, right? And you said something that like was really cool that for the listeners is you figured out that success was your responsibility. Yeah. So can you talk a little more about that turning point in your life? Yeah. The, the definition of responsibility, if you unpack the word, it's the ability to respond, right? So you always have a choice. And um, I always say, first you make your decisions and then your decisions make you. Yeah. So you can live a life of default and let life happen to you, or you can live a life of design and you can you know, carve out your destiny. Now, obviously there's other variables at play, but I think at the end of the day, you always have an opportunity to decide how you reframe a challenge or a circumstance. Yeah. So I think that's an empowering message, one that gives a lot of people hope. So, you know, my life's been constant struggles. You know, there's constant, you know, it's a roller coaster, right? And I think the key is just to stay on the dang roller coaster 
Well, and I mean, obviously the internet, and we all know this at this point, but we, we, me and you and everyone else, we share our wins more than our losses, right? It's just right. natural habit, right? As much as you want to try and show both sides, you get more comments, likes, and engagement with the new Ferrari, right, most of the time. Right. So it's like, you, and, and we know that, right? We know that every day and week and month as a big business, right, a $10 million company, there's a lot of adversity and problems along the way. But you're not talking about that every day on social media, so to speak. But it's important for people out there listening. Like, that happens. It happens to you. It happens to me. It happens to Elon Musk, Jeff yeah. Bezos. It happens to the person just starting out. It doesn't ever go away. Uh, arguably, you get more bigger problems. The bigger you get, you just become more equipped and seasoned with handling those problems. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with new levels come new devils. Yes. Right? So, um, like, thankfully, you, you mentioned... Um, how we helped each other with the visas. And I think an important thing that always gets you through these tough times is relationships. Absolutely, yeah. When I was speaking at the 100 Million Mastermind yesterday, one of my principles for life is that Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every single hour. And what I meant by that is that at the end of the day, if you're not rich in relationships, then you don't really have anything, you know? And in order to get this uh, business visa, not only did I have to approach you, to help uh, formulate a case, an argument for why I would be a good fit for the United States. Same process you went through. I had to get 12. Yeah, yeah. And guess who those 12 people were? Direct competitors. Yeah. yeah. So thank goodness along the way, if your word's good and people respect you, even if they're direct competitors, they'll say, yeah, I'll help out. And to me, that was like a testament of like, this is what this business is all about. Right. Yeah. Money is a byproduct, but like if you don't have genuine relationships that are not just rooted in transaction where there's an actual genuine friendship, if you get into a crazy situation someday, sometimes money can't buy you. I can't pay my way into the United States. Sure. Right. I don't know. Maybe there's a backdoor I don't know about, but I've had to go through a process that is rooted in relationships is one of the criteria, at least. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And what about like the other thing that hit with me is, you know, we talk about taking the, the red pill, the blue pill is living in normal society. And there was a moment where you said you figured out what job stood for. That's like you went from blue pill life to red pill life. So for someone that's in the job side still and they're not fulfilled, because there are jobs that are fulfilling, right? We have employees that are growing, fulfilled, but there's a lot of jobs and a lot of corporate jobs where there's no fulfillment. People are in this rat race. What would you say to those people? Well, life is short and uh, I think it just comes down to being honest with yourself. And uh, I've always seen the gifts that I have as, um, you know, uh, opportunities of stewardship. So I, I live by saying that it's his to give and mine to manage. And if I want to be responsible with the larger things in life, I have to first be responsible with the small things in life. So you can almost just look at it as, hey, do I want to continue on being paid? to do what I do or do I want to continue, you know, being paid for what I've been called to do? And I feel like I've been called to influence and inspire because I'm an inspire, I'm a motivator, and I just feel like I have more ability to reach people with this different platform, but this different platform, entrepreneurship comes with a lot of risk. Sure. It's very scary. It's very lonely. Um, you know, but what I've learned to answer your question is that fear is the path to freedom. I like that. Fear is the, right? In fact, there, there's nothing good in your life that does not uh, proceed with fear because if it was easy, then, you know, everybody would do it. So there has, has to be an element of faith that there's got to be an element of uncertainty for the reward to be, in fact, a reward. Yeah. I, I say there's another saying with fear, 
uh, the other side of fear is greatness. I say that a lot to my team and myself. Like, I think mean, that's super, super empowering because you, everyone, most people start when fear hits, right? And Mike Tyson, as you know, I do some business with him. He's a partner on all of his courses. And in his course that we filmed, he actually has a module on fear. And he said the minute he was, you know, he obviously was one of the greatest boxers in, in the world. But one change in his career was when he started going into the ring and fear didn't matter. He knew every opponent was more fearful of him than he was of them. And then he just kept winning. Like he just kept winning, 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 winning. But he had to pivot what fear meant and how fear felt to him. And it's like a 10 minute video, but it's super cool where he talks about that. And like, that's Mike Tyson that struggled from it too. I remember um, doing an exercise, con con running the negative waterfall. And if somebody's thinking about, you know, quitting, just I've played out the worst case scenario. So when I was a personal trainer, it wasn't that bad, to be honest. I figured if this doesn't work out, what am I going to do? I'm going to work for my boss, Murray Middlemost, for the rest of my life. I get my weekends off. I do split shifts. And I'm like, this is the worst it can get. So why am I operating from a place of scarcity and fear when I could operate from a place of expansion, success, and love? And I believe like love casts out all fear. That's a biblical concept. Like love casts out all fear. And if you look at that from a business perspective, like if you are fearful, then go do what you love. If you go do what you love, then it'll be very hard to quit. Yeah. Right? If you love, like you're not going to quit. You no. love this too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love this too much. I wake you up. have nothing to be fearful of because if you lost it all, you love it so much that you're going to come back. Yes, yeah, like I say, business for me at least is like um, a game of Monopoly or we call it in the UK snakes and ladders. I think in America they call it uh, shoots and ladders or something, right? And it's like, uh, you know, you might be going in up there and then, you know, you land on a bad spot and go backwards a little, right. but you're not out the game, right? Like you're only out the game when you either die or you decide to quit. There's right. two ways to be out the game, right? And obviously I don't plan on doing either anytime soon. So business life is going to be like a game of Monopoly. You're doing well and then you land on someone's spot where they've got the big hotels on and you lose all your freaking money or half your money and now you're set back again, but you can catch up as long as you don't quit, right? Exactly. And and I think we see that in our students. I would love to pivot to that because we have this cool like bird's eye view of hundreds of students. And obviously within our groups, we have the top performers, the middle performers, and the ones that aren't being successful, right? And we're all teaching the same thing, right? Which is fascinating. You have 200 people, for example. Yeah. So what are some of the attributes of success you see amongst hundreds of entrepreneurs? I'll give you three. Is that all right? Three, let's do it. All right. So the very first one is gratitude. Okay. Uh, gratitude is the ultimate mental lubricant uh, gratitude is when you understand you don't deserve anything i have a little saying with my kids when they're fighting and you know they want something i say john luca what do you deserve nothing i like that melia what do you deserve nothing and when you understand you don't deserve anything then everything is a gift and i think when you understand that everything happening to you is a gift you operate from a place of appreciation and what you appreciate appreciates. And when I'm showing up on social media, I'm just so appreciative of the opportunity to have some people to talk to and maybe inspire one person today and not live in that state of entitlement. Well, it's funny you say that, right? Because like we have a good following. We're not the most famous people in the world, but more than most. And yeah, a lot of people would probably just, they just want like, I hear people like, 
I got to a thousand followers, yeah, or I got to five thousand, yay, right? So it's like, and that's just always like the levels to the game, and right. staying humble to that, right? Because you're like to us, five thousand followers, we're way past that, but to yeah. someone else, they feel more accomplishment there than we probably do for yeah. days, right? Absolutely. So, and that's the uh, an example. So, so the, some of the most successful people that are in our program that I know, period, are very grateful. Yeah, they live from a place of gratitude, and the second thing they are is humble. And what's the opposite of humbleness is arrogance. And typically people who are arrogant are arrogant because they're hiding some deep-rooted insecurity, fear, or self-doubt. Yep. The loudest people are typically the ones who are the least courageous. Because if you were humble, you wouldn't have to be loud. And humbleness is, cur- is being courageous in who you are. And I think a great way to look at humbleness is not projecting more than you actually are. Okay, yeah. And I think a lot of people, and what happens is when you're humble, you're not saying, I shared this um, publicly yesterday at the 100 million mastermind. One of my damaging emissions is the first month we hit a million dollar month. It wasn't a lie, but it also wasn't the truth. Okay. All right. So we did hit a million dollars, but it was contracted. Okay. And it was in Canadian dollars. Oh, interesting. So it wasn't a lie, but it also wasn't the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm telling all my friends, yeah, we had our first million dollar month. Yeah, and I'm projecting something that I think I remember us having that conversation as well when you hit it. Projecting yeah. something that I'm not, and uh, I find that God will figure out how to put you back in your place yep. when you are trying to skip. So did that. your next month go back down or yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And I didn't learn my lesson. It happened again. We had another. We had a 1.6 million dollar weekend. Wow. And I, I that was the event I spoke. At. I spoke. Yeah. I posted that way too quickly. It wasn't all collected. Is a one of some there was some refunds that came in from a, a new program we launched a little prematurely, and God put me right back in my yeah. place because I wasn't humble. Yeah, I was. Hey, look what we did, and so I think a, a part of being successful is just owning where you're at in the race. Mm-hmm. And then I'll give you one more kind of came up, but the faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And faithfulness is you know just just again being responsible with the small stuff. Yeah, and not thinking oh, I'm too good for this. Oh, I've outgrown that. I don't need to do this anymore. I think. People who are faithful are faithful with the small things when they're successful and when they're failing. Sure. And I find that those people, like you look at in business, they're still doing the basics. It's how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yep. Right? They're still doing the basics. They're treating people with respect. They're having their daily meetings. They're always learning. They're just, they're faithful to the process. Yeah. I think those, those are the three things that I've would say yeah. we're very big on that here. Like all the, like I tell my sales reps whenever I hire someone new, I'm like, I don't care if you're the best closer in the world and making me a ton of money. If you're not doing your reports and your admin, I'll fire you, right? And then we also, we lock the doors now at 9.01 a.m. So if people aren't here by nine, we lock the doors. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's so, for me, it's like, if you can't even show up on time, gotcha. I can't trust you with my billion dollar baby that's right. coming here, right? Like if, if, you, if you get a kid, you know, a nanny for your kid and she's all over the place, doesn't put a seatbelt on and losing shit and forgetting stuff, can you trust, would you trust me, okay? So I'm like, if I can't, trust, chances, yeah. I can't trust you to show up on time and get out of bed and be organized in the first hour of the day, there's no way I can trust you in my office with my company. Be responsible with the small things. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Before we go into the rest of this episode, I'm going to interrupt abruptly and just ask you one big favor. I hope you're getting a ton of value, a ton of knowledge. I hope you're getting some breakthroughs from myself and the guests, and I want one thing in return. What I would love is for you to subscribe and leave a review. The reviews and the subscription grows the podcast. It allows me to bring you even better guests. It allows me to invest even more time and money 
into this podcast to bring you the latest and greatest, the best entrepreneurs from around the world that are crushing life, crushing their business, and giving you all the tools, the mindset hacks, the knowledge, and the environment you need to be successful. So do me a favor, if you've got any amount of value from today's episode so far, or any previous episode, or any of the content I've done, it would mean the world to me if you hit a five-star review, give us your feedback on the show, the episodes, and subscribe and download. Plus, if you do that and send me a screenshot on Instagram at Rudy Moore Life, I will send you a bunch of my free training, marketing courses, sales courses worth $499. Yes, $500 worth of courses for a simple 30-second review. It would mean the world to me. Send me that screenshot. I would love for you to leave that review, and I would appreciate it very, very much so we can keep growing this show and make it awesome. So let's get back into the episode. I appreciate you guys, and let's dive back in. So shit. So let's go like the other thing I like I teach everyone like for me, I pay so much money in consultants because I'm so big on experience and I get these people interviewing and they're like, yeah, I can do the role. I'm like, yeah, but you've done it for three years and I want someone that's done it for 15. They're like, I can do it. I'm like, I get it. But can you in 15 years, can you try and tell me you won't be better at this role right now than you are today? And they go, oh, well, I guess. Yeah, of course I'd be better. So you've been selling online for 20 years. What some of the biggest lessons? Well, nearly 20 years, right? 16 years, yeah, online, yeah. So what are some of the biggest lessons for people trying to make money on the internet? Oh, man, well, you want to talk marketing or sales? Yeah, I think I think a lot, right? I think a big thing is to create a great product. Great product, yeah. And I'm finding that where we're stuck now is like the product's got to be better so that you make sure that you're not just bringing in as many people who are leaving, I think you're, you got to constantly make the product so good that you don't have to rely as much on good sales yeah. and good marketing. Right. And that's hard when you're so good at marketing and sales, like we are, we go all in on, you're playing your strengths, right? A pro basketball player plays on his good side. So you have to learn to play on both sides. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a really big one. Um, and then I think, um, you got to find people who have ambition. I find that people that have ambition, you know, you can train the skills, but they have to have goals of their own. This is the staff now. You have to say, yeah, yeah. And just trying to help them figure out like, what are your goals? One question that we're asking now all new team members is, where do you want to be in 12 months from now? Uh, What does your future look like? How much do you want to make? What will that give you? What will that remove for you? Sometimes that's the first time they've ever even been asked that. And they start to think. And then I ask them why once, ask them why two times, sometimes ask them why three times. And then you get an understanding of their motivation and then trying to create that environment so that it was one month. I remember I had a bad sales month back in the day when my boss came in the room and I thought I was going to get fired as a personal trainer. And he knew I wanted to buy a brand new Acura RSX. And he didn't come in and he, he was a big dude, like 240 pounds, 5% body fat, like a big man. And he was an intimidating dude. So when he came in the room, I'm done. <laughs> it was a bad month and he just sat me down and, uh, he said, you know, the numbers last month, I don't think you're going to like your paycheck this month. How can I support you? And when he said it that way, I'm like, crap, like. It's on me, yeah. Yeah, so it's on me. I'm like, I don't think you're going to like your paycheck this month. And I've always kind of take that posture with my team members. Like, if this isn't the place for you, that's fine. We can move forward. But what do you want to, what are you going to do? Are you still committed to the goals that you have? Yeah, my goals. Yep. My goals are important, but if they're not bought in on like how my environment can support their goals, you, you kind of just, 
you're pushing people and that's very short-lived. Yeah. Yeah. We say on a, I told you every Friday I do this big hiring event and I tell them on stage, I'm like, I don't need you and you don't need me. And the minute in the business, if you're not being fulfilled here, please hand in your resignation that day. Right. And it's so important. I mean, when you get to the team build is like, and that's why I go all in on this crazy culture. Cause it's like, I'm building this tribe and this crazy culture. Right. Cause it's like playing in an extreme, but I need those people that are ready to play in that extreme with me. Yeah, absolutely. So what about marketing and actually selling online products? What are some of the biggest lessons there? I love John Carlton's quote, 70% of marketing is just knowing who you're talking to. Good. Right. So that's, that's key, right? So when I'm marketing the skinny guys, very easy to talk to those guys because I used to be skinny. I know the first big product, right? Helping skinny guys build muscle, no nonsense muscle building. So I know their pains, their frustration, their fears, their wants, all that good stuff. So in business now, I have to know, am I talking to the guy trying to make his first 5K month, 50K month, 100K month? Like you need to know who am I talking to? And I think the next big part, you know, my definition of marketing is your beliefs. You know, you need to know what you stand for, right? If you don't stand for something, you don't, uh, you don't um, stand for anything or you'll fall for everything. Sorry. And I think good marketers um, are not afraid to tell the truth. And if you look at the guys who've got the largest followings, they're not afraid to tell the truth, or at least whether it's the truth or not, it's their truth, yeah, yeah. their version of the truth, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think if you look at those people, they have the largest followings. Yeah. Billy Jean talked about this um, at 100 Million Mastermind, and he begged the question, what's more important in order to grow a big business, be good at business or be famous? And if you look at simply people who are famous, they typically have bigger businesses. So he's talking about entertainer versus educator. And typically, you know, most entertainers who have big followings are not afraid to say what they mean. Yeah. So I think an opportunity in marketing for everybody listening is to really double down and say how you feel about something. It was actually pretty cool because he had everybody, the tables go around and say what they felt about Donald Trump, uh -huh. what they felt about um, Joe Biden. Yeah. And then they brought the top people from the table up to the room to go back and forth. And then he had everybody do the same exercise with what you feel about grapes. Okay, interesting. And then you had to take those like, it's easy to pick apart those two guys, regardless of where you stand. And then he said, well, take that same energy and emotion and apply that to the enemies in your space. And your audience is going to grow. Your marketing is going to start reaching more people. And that was really powerful. So I think knowing who the enemies are and throwing rocks at them and being the hero. And he is a great example about, you know, Candace Owens, right? She gave a voice to the voiceless, right? And... There's stuff that she says, you know, that white people can never say about black people. But because she's saying it, yeah. then you're like, hey, look what she said. Yeah. So I think if you want better marketing, understanding that who can I stand up for? What do I truly believe that I'm not willing to take criticism from? I, I don't care if there's haters, critics. This is where I stand. I like it. I think that's that's where you got to get. Yeah. That's scary for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So trying. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I remember watching some of your videos years ago. We even pulled them up on stage. I mean, at one of your events, you pulled them up. Yeah. And I obviously my, myself too. And it's funny how our content and our ability to, you know, to, to act, right? To be on video has changed and got better over time. And it's just a, it's just a muscle. It's like training a muscle. You just got to start and it's going to suck at first. And then you're going to look back three years later. And I think that's for a lot of people. I talk like a lot of people are scared to share their voice because 
I think the world oppresses people in your childhood, right? You can't be different. Don't say that. You've got to stay like sheep. Don't, don't be, don't be different. And that's the whole, you know, idea for us behind the red pill is actually being different is great. And that's where, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. I think what people probably would resonate with most is like, I would rather be hated. I would rather be ignored. I'd rather be disagreed with. The worst thing would be just to be completely um, unseen. Yeah, unseen, right? And that's most businesses and that, people. And I think that's when people get most discouraged because they're not even being seen. But the reason you're not being seen is because you're so normal. You're so normal. You're vanilla. So like, of course, you're not being seen. The reason you're like, oh, the algorithm, everybody has access to the same algorithm. It's not the algorithm. It's that you're not being seen because you haven't figured out what you stand for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what marketing is, knowing your beliefs. And you do a great job in your program. I see all the new, like you help them find that little thing, right? And that's a great first step for a lot of people. And that always goes back to their story. Yeah. That's right. I always say your story is always going to be found in your greatest pain and your pain is your purpose. Pain is purpose. I love that. Good. So to wrap up, um, what, you know, I always ask, like the theme is taking the red pill, living life, building a life in Wonderland. Yep. What would you say, advice? Because, you know, you've built a great life, a great family. Obviously, I'm a family friend and stayed at your house a lot. What would you say to advice to people that are maybe younger and on that journey? How Some recommendations for building that dream life and living in Wonderland. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, not to sound preachy whatsoever, because, you know, I'm a man, I've got three kids, I've got a wife, we've gone through many rocky times, like, you know, we've had a lot of, it's, marriage is not easy, yeah. especially for ambitious guys like ourselves who uh, don't value, or not maybe intentionally value, not not intentionally value, but we have a hard time putting currency in relationships, in sure. connection, yeah. in slowing down, yeah. in listening, we're, we're, we're achievers, that's where we find our identity, but the, the problem with that is that we find our worth in accomplishments we always fear that we're not worthy enough so we go do more 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 and then we reset the goal every time and then there's relational fallout and i think my advice for people is just to go at a pace that doesn't kick your family members to the curb okay and i like you know something my dad always told me he said vince all this stuff all this business success doesn't mean anything all the business success in the world doesn't mean anything with one failure inside the home and i think for me that has helped me just kind of go at a pace that, hey, listen, I want to grow financially this year, but guess what? If I try and grow more financially this year, I'm not gonna have a, I'm not gonna yeah. have a family. And I see you more than pretty much everyone I know as like creating those boundaries. Like I'll text you at nine, you won't text me back till the next day, right? Or you'll text me like, hey, I'll I'll get back to you tomorrow. I'm with the kid, you know. So you're, and I, it wasn't always like that. I mean, like I knew you, and you've got better over time of creating those boundaries and creating that relationship dynamic, and that's awesome. And you know, one of the reasons I've not had kids yet is because I, I know when I do, I want to model what you do there, yeah. right? But it's harder. It's definitely yeah. harder. I have more time yeah. myself versus you to, to grow right now. Yeah. And the interesting thing is you'll be more fulfilled knowing that you're building something that lasts. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing is, uh, you know, what I'd love, what I'd love to have is like what my dad has, you know, when my dad passed away, he's not going to die alone. He's invested in relationships his whole life. Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, while I'm probably not the best person to learn how to get rich, I'd love to be a good model of somebody who knows, who also has put people first. And uh, to me, I think that's far more impactful. And I, I just finished with one last thing is um, Pastor Eric McManus shared this. And he, he said, when you think of somebody wise, uh, who do you think of? And he asked the entire room this. And when he said, when you think of somebody wise, 
do you think, how many of you guys think of the richest people you know? And it's a big room, over 100 people. And there's probably not even like a dozen hands that went up. Okay, next. Um, when you think of the most wise person you know, how many of them have the most education, PhDs, etc.? Yeah. And about the same amount of hands stayed up, about not even a dozen. Yeah. And then he said, all right, when you think of the wisest people that you know, how many of them are rich in relationships? Almost everybody's hand goes. That's great. So internally, internally, as humans, we know what actually matters. Yeah. We're hardwired yeah. to connect with other human beings. And I just thought, wow, I hope I live a life of wisdom. And if that's what wisdom truly is, that's what I want to at least do my best to do. Yeah, I love that. God knows I'm far from perfect, and but that's that's kind of my true north. I love that. So, so la interesting, last final interesting question I got for you. You've probably known me the most out of any anyone that will come on this podcast, like the longest time since we've been in America, right, or one of. So what are some lessons, because a lot of people have known me in the last couple of years, what what are some lessons that you've seen, like, for me to share for my growth? Like, how... If it, well, you know what, if you don't mind, like, I think this is, this was one of like uh, a moment, you know, positive spotlight, but you and I, you know, wanted to launch the funnels for our students mm -hmm. and you offered, mm -hmm. you put yourself out there and we got some feedback, unsatisfactory feedback, and it kind of made things uncomfortable for you and I. Mm -hmm. And I had to just ask you if you could step down sure. and, yeah. and, and you humbly and graciously immediately responded on the phone, yeah, I get it, no problem. I think one of your greatest traits is that you're very humble. You are gracious. Yep. Um, I know you're very ambitious, but I was just really impressed with how you handled that. And um, we reconnected and we've got a great relationship to this day. But I think just being humble in defeat, if you will, um, is a great, great trait yeah. that you're you're willing to take ownership and we learned from it. We both said, hey, maybe we bit off more than we could chew. And we moved forward. And I thought that was like a highlight moment. Like that was, I'm like, wow, this guy's got character. Like that was, that's something I'll never forget about you. Okay, I like that. Yeah, it's not the answer I was expecting either. So that's great. And I, well, I mean, you're ambitious. We could talk about all those things. But I think like character is revealed in the dark when nobody's well, looking. Yeah, yeah. Character counts twice. Yeah, I like that. Character counts twice. And that that's that's your character, who you really are. And I just thought, wow, I was wondering, how's he going to handle this? Is he going to, you know, and you just handled it very maturely. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the beauty of like the business life is you're always growing, right? Like the minute, you know, as they always say in life, the minute you think you know it all or you've achieved it all or the minute you, you know, like you said, you get too arrogant, that's when it gets really dangerous yeah. and it can all go down, right? So it's like, I, people always ask me, they're like, you've achieved a lot. I'm like, hey, I'm 1% of my journey, right? Like, and I've achieved a lot for sure at a young age, but I'm like, I'm 1%. I know that in 10 years, I'm going to look back and go, wow, at 30, you were so stupid. You were doing all these stupid things and you were doing this stupid stuff. And I know it's going to happen, but that's like the pursuit of excellence. Yeah, I give him one more too. Um, Rudy's very generous with his time. You know, I love that idea. Uh, a while back, you wanted just to collaborate. You, uh, you know, getting all my insights on DMing and you helping us with our ads. And we built a Slack channel. I just think, wow, Rudy's proactively collaborating, sharing Intel, doesn't keep his cards close to his chest. And I was, I've always admired how you seek out, you know, help. Yeah. And you've never, you've never, ever been too arrogant. Even now on the tour here, you know, you're just an open book. You're friendly. You haven't 
you haven't let the fame get to your head yet. So I hope that continues and doesn't. I'll I'll be there for you, bro. Yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. Well, I mean, it's been amazing. You know, six, seven years since I moved to America. Your friendship and mentorship and support from you um, through my growth and hopefully the same back and. It's so uh, exciting for you to see this and what it became. I got to attend your wedding this summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get to come to the castle. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, awesome. And you still said my name wrong, I think, for the, the wedding. more. I, well, I always built a story out of it. Why? Everyone goes Mauer and I'm like, and they get upset. They're like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, hey, don't worry. One of the groomsmen in my wedding still said Mauer. That's how little I care about it. I'm so used to it. No, no. So I bring you up all the time. No. Say his name. Say his name right, people. But Vince, thanks for coming on. Guys, you heard it here, you know, 20 years in this game, selling on online or in person, then online. 16. 16 online, 16 online. But you've been selling those, you know, like the skills of sales and marketing right. you've done through many industries, many business models. Now you're helping hundreds of students like I am and a lot of like great life lessons and lessons around the bigger picture of life and family and bringing it all together which is what the red life stands for, living an amazing life. And that's not just money, it's everything. Uh, so Vince, thanks for being here. And for having me. Yeah, guys, keep living the red life. Take care.